Okay, so I am here for a very special episode of the Roar of the Lions UK podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Collins from Roar of the Lions, um, and with me today, with football not too far off on the horizon, I'm very pleased to introduce, we have a special guest, uh, CJ Seymour from Viking World Order. How are you doing, man? I'm very well, very well, Steve, and yourself? All good, thank you. Very much looking forward to football. It feels like it's just around the corner now. I think training camp starts. Um, I think two, Lions camp two and starts. And a half weeks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Oh, so. Properly, it's two two weeks or so until we start getting the OTAs. Uh, I believe, like you say, I think the Vikings have started. Also, I think the rookies are back in at the minute. Yeah. Um, and then in a day, maybe two days, I think the veterans return as well. So yeah, can't but, wait. So for, um, for those of us who were following around the time of the draft, um, obviously we live streamed a lot of the draft on the War of the Lions um, Twitch channel. Um, and I think it was safe to say, I mean, it was a long session, three days, and uh, we had lots of special guests on. And there was a point when we were like just starting to flag. And then along came CJ, bringing with him bags of energy. Uh, lots and the banter. Of- <laughs> Plenty of banter, lots of abuse, and a, and a hatred for the Green Bay Packers that really invigorated oh, yeah. the, the, the podcast. So I'm really pleased to see um, CJ back. Do you want to just say a few words about yourself and your crew? Uh, well, where to start? I've uh, been a Vikings fan for, I would say, way too long. Very many heartbreaks <laughs> in the years of um, following being the Vikings fan. Just got into it by pure, pure chance myself. Um, not, not a family affiliation by any means, but then, you know, managed to get friendly with a lot of the people in the Vikings world order who have become like a second family. Um, I can't talk them up enough. And if anyone is a Vikings fan watching this, honestly, get in, get in contact with me um, on Facebook, on my socials, hit me up and we'll see if we can do anything for you. There's five, six guys now um, that are part of the Viking world order, specifically in this country. Um, but, the family over the seas in America is over 400 deep. And it's I mean, still, the, the, the Viking World Order sounds very sinister, CJ. Reassure me that it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it Honest, just sounds like, you know, like an underground organization. It sounds like somewhere where you might need to have like some sort of, you know, like being beaten up as part of the membership <laughs> initiation. No, no, not at all. Um, it's such a very, very loving, giving organization. Um, and it's just a band of brothers. It's a super fan band, if you will. Um, and saying Band of Brothers, that's a complete, you know, fallacy in itself. It's not a Band of Brothers, it's a, it's a family. You know, we've got females in there in the Valkyrie division. We've got various different divisions. It follows a structure in regards to the Army division, the Air Force, Ho- Coast Guard, Navy. Did Marine, you say the Valkyrie division? See, this Valkyrie is sounding, e- it's, you're trying to make it sound <laughs> less sinister, but it's sounding actually more sinister. No, no. Um, and... Like as much as I can see that you're trying to get a rise out of me, Steve, <laughs> as well. Um, no, not at all. It's it's just a, a collective family of super fans. We all dress up. We all have our own personas. Um, I'm known as Sir Wolverine. 
you know, there's people called Sir Kool-Aid who, you know, makes his purple Kool-Aid for the tailgates. Uh, Diggs, who is arguably, I'm taking it if you don't know if Diggs or Sid Davey, um, they, they were, well, Sid was the head, like the, the spearhead of the Viking World Order, um, then replaced by Diggs, who then passed it across to President Willie, uh, who we all refer to as the Colonel. There's so, there's so many people, um, and it's just a collective family, charitable family, that, you know, ultimately we just want to do the best, raise the, you know, raise funds in the name of the Vikings for whatever's going on at the time. And um, one of my army division brothers, which is my division in the Viking World Order, uh, sadly, and, you know, unfortunately got caught in a botched robbery attempt oh, wow. um, over in Illinois, just visiting families, um, coming out of his hotel, funnily enough, uh, beaten to the floor and sadly uh, passed, passed away. He got life flighted overnight to a neurologist um, ward in one of the hospitals over in Illinois and ultimately bleed on the brain. Uh, he was having seizures right, left and center. He was on two medications and he got weaned off the medications. And by the time that his seizure stopped, uh, he was pronounced presciently brain dead. So his wife has, um, well, in instructed the doctors to just turn everything off and sadly he passed away. And, you know, the thing is, it's like that affected so many of us. It's a family of, what, 400, 450, there or about in terms of numbers of the Viking World Order. And through a collection of shirts, patches, um, just giving donations, we raised over uh, $14,000. That's amazing. For, I, I, for, I for, him and his, for him and his wife to obviously to pay for all of the... Um, the funeral cost, the life flight, because unfortunately his insurance would not pay out. Oh, just, I, to, just to relieve for the family, that's what we've done just out of the goodness of our own hearts. That's incredibly cool. And when I was um, just like getting your contact deals and hooking up and I went on the Viking World um, Order like Facebook, I could see they got like a big tribute there. So now it's really cool that like you guys all look out for each other but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a big it's a big family and you know from little bocadillo characters to stickers you know we we do all sorts i mean i've got a collection let me just grab these here like that is a collection of patches right there all the way through which are all various different things viking world order london patch that we did to raise money uh for something various different patches north carolina vikings group mm -hmm. You know, just raising raising money and awareness, breast cancer awareness. If you can get yourself one of those, feel free. Say no to fan discrimination. Everybody of every colour is included in football. We do not discriminate. And how big's the UK chapter? The UK chapter at the minute, um, I believe we have, well, every single member of the UK chapter that I have nominated personally and up to literally no more than two weeks ago, um, we were waiting on the last person that I nominated, which was Del Henderson, mm. who has successfully received his votes to be knighted into the Viking World Order, which is the way that it's all done. Uh, it's kind of like a motorcycle gang in regards to how it's done. You, If you wanted to join yourself, not that you're going to be an Alliance fan, you wouldn't, you know, speak to me. I would put a nomination. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be terrified to be for that. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, you've got to get a Viking tattoo, so I don't think that's going to go down too well, do but ultimately, and if you got you got a Viking tattoo, you, obviously, all all covered on my arm, and wow. you've got to get one which says Viking World Order or VWO, so that's uh -huh. right there with the number eighty Chris Carter, awesome um, tattoo, which is one of the 
if you will, it's kind of like a blood in, blood out sort of um, ordeal when it comes to joining the Viking World Order. But ultimately, it also separates those that are just doing it for kind of like the name and the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're not a huge Vikings fan, you know, you're kind of like, eh, not no, really too bothered. No, no time for make weights in the Vikings. It's you either in or you're out. It is. But at the end of the day, like like the term I say, if you're a big diehard Vikings fan, you're not going to have an issue with getting a Viking tattoo. Absolutely. Which, which is what it is. Cool. Well, let's let's talk some football. So um I know last season must seem a long time away. Just quickly, quick reflection back on last season. So finished seven and nine. I think you, you jumped out to a one and five start. Then you had that fantastic November where you won four out of five games. You beat everyone in the division, got back to six all, and then it kind of just all limped in, really. So what, what are your kind of reflections and takeaways from, from last season now? You've had a bit of time to, to kind of reflect. <laughs> uh, brutally, brutally honest, very, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but obviously that was down to COVID, you know, players opting out. Um, the fact that we didn't have um, Daniil Hunter, was a huge miss. We brought in Mike Pierce, who opted out, um, didn't even play a snap. You know, we got a... I can't remember his name. Now uh, I'm trying Anthony to think. Barr getting injured in week two. Anthony Barr injured in week two, um, again, which was a big miss. Um, and Gakwe, obviously, that we brought in for five games, then traded. Yeah. Um, you know, arguably the best pass rush, uh, pass rusher that we had at that point in the season. Uh, we just couldn't get the pass rush on the defence. And the offence, as much as obviously it clicked and was ticking over, just, you know, at the end of the day, the problem that I think we found as the Vikings is that we were putting the offence together, but we couldn't get the defensive side of the ball to click with the, you know, the core group of rookie cornerbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the pass rush didn't make anything easier for us. And with the more experienced quarterbacks in the league, they just tear us apart. Yeah. But ultimately now going forward, we've got the opposite side of the coin where the defense has had a complete and utter total makeover and providing everybody stays healthy and COVID doesn't decimate us, injuries don't decimate us. It could be very, very interesting this year. Yeah, I think the, the Anthony Barr, I think he tore his peck in like week two and then didn't play again for the rest of the season. Yeah. And then Eric Kendricks, who's obviously your, your other big star at linebacker, I think he only played up to about week 11 and then um, was Started out. Started the windowing out, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think at six and six, it was kind of all to play for, but yeah, yeah. it just, just didn't happen. It was one of those and ultimately... As nice as it would have been for the Vikings to have a successful season, we didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some of the games that we played where we ended up winning was won on pure fluke, pure coincidence, if I may say so myself. And ultimately, you know, if the Vikings are going to get there and are going to win the Super Bowl, like God forbid that that happens some point soon, um, I I want us to earn it. Yeah. I don't want us to scrape through and get into the playoffs on a 10 and 6 or 10 and 7 now because of the 17 game season. I don't want the Vikings to scrape through. If we're going to get to the you know to the playoff rounds, let's go through at 14 and 3. Let's go through at 15 and 2. Let, let's be the team to beat. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Home field advantage, no exactly. pissing about all the way through. Yeah. Cool. So key questions going into 2021. Yeah. So I'm going to start 
Um, I mean, so just in general, I think the kind of Mike Zimmer um, and his kind of like win-lose pattern is uh, kind of legendary because 2014, 2016, 2018 and last year, missed the playoffs, 2015, 2017, 29, you made it. So I think last year, based on that record, we all kind of knew where the season was going. So the question is, this should be um, a, you know, a good season according to the kind of like pattern over the last few years. Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do, you, do you kind of feel that how things have, have worked out over the summer and the off-season, do you feel that some of those building blocks are in place? I would say yes. But I think ultimately the way that I'm looking at this season is optimistic with a pessimistic view. I'm optimistic looking at the team sheet, the roster, the additions that we brought through. You know, I'm I'm a little bit pissed off and peeved off um, with Jalen Twyman, um, the rookie defensive tackle that got shot a couple of of weeks, uh, a month and a half, two months back. I think he's been Um, cut today. He's been waived yeah. with the implication, I believe, that the Vikings are trying to add him to the um, NFI list. Right, okay. Um, non, non-football injury-related uh, list. Um, whether I... Th- like, to be quite honest, looking at his tapes prior to him being drafted, I was very, very impressed, and I think the Vikings have got a potentially a cracking deten- defensive tackle, um, if not this year, next year or the year after, you know, give him a couple of years just to bed in in the league. It'd be a, such a shame for the Vikings to lose him. But then from reading about the injury that he sustained with the gun, with the four gunshots that he took, one of which hit his pelvis or around that sort of area. And I was just saying this to Laura earlier, not that she really cares, not really that she takes that much attention. And I'm, I'm probably going to, yeah, I do take attention, like coming around the, the corner, look at the little devil here. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, saying ultimately that um, she, you know, doesn't really pay that much attention, even though she probably does. I turned around and said, ultimately, if it had been many other positions, you know, having a, an injury in the pelvis isn't so much a big problem. You know, when it comes to defensive tackle, defensive linemen, offensive tackles, players which hit the turf quite frequently, that is a weak point. And ultimately, you know, if a big if a big player, let's say, you know, three hundred and fifty pound offensive offensive tackle, offensive guard, centre, manages to get the jump on Jalen Twyman and pancake blocks him, if he lands awkwardly on that hip, on that pelvis, yeah, that's game over. Is that going to go? Yeah, and he ain't getting up. Yeah, that's that's not really. I mean, that all that kind of off. I mean, we've seen so many franchises, you know. I mean, like NFL players, probably a bit like, you know, UK soccer players. They shouldn't be allowed holidays because they just get into hot water. So (laughs) that seems to be the thing that seems to be this season altogether, though. If it's not players being shot (laughs) or getting into trouble that, you know, getting arrested or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who is it that we've got? We've got big names in Sherman, uh, Jeff Gladney for the Vikings. Yeah. He got himself into a bit of hot water. Jalen Twyman got shot. I mean, that's just the first three that I can raffle off the top of yeah, my head. There's probably Sean, plenty... Sean Watson's not had a great off season. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it just yeah. But I, I th- yeah, I think you you want a kind of drama drama free entry. And yes. uh, and in terms of obviously last season, the Vikings had one of the most sort of potent offenses in football. I think you know top ten offense. You had Kirk Cousins, 
having one of his better years, 4,000 yards. Let's gloss over the 13 interceptions. But, you know, <laughs> you know when, hey, they, when, they happen when you're throwing for so many yards. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards on he's his special. special. Absolutely. Um, Dalvin Cook, over 1,500 yards. So you, that's a kind of like three-headed threat. I think um, Jefferson was rated by PFF second best wide receiver. I think Thielen was sixth. I mean, that's yeah. a fantastic um, you know, bunch of offensive weapons. The, the, the question probably on offense, two, two questions. Can Justin Jefferson maintain that level of production? Will he kind of get found out? Are people looking for him now? And the second question is, obviously, you've rebuilt your offensive line. Riley Reef's gone. Um, I think you've made several additions in free, free agency. So is the O-line going to be solid for Cousins? Because we know Cousins doesn't like pressure. Mm. Well, it's one of those. Ultimately, you know, like I was saying to you back in the draft, the Vikings O-line has been the one thing that Vikings fans around the globe has been saying is just atrocious. You know, Cousins doesn't have time. And Cousins, you know, the minute the pocket collapses, just crumbles into like like a weak, you know, a rich tea biscuit uh-huh. being dunked in, dunked in a hot coffee. I mean, he just, he just folds. Yeah. I would like to, you know, look at this season and think the O-line is going to be the one. It's going to be the one that's going to get us to the promised land. It's going to do the business for Cousins. But ultimately, I think we're going to have to wait until a couple of preseason games just to see what we're working with. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at it years years gone by, the O-line's not been great. Does that mean that the new coach, the fact that the O-line coach has been fired you know, due to his stance on the COVID injections, the COVID vaccinations, means that we're going to bring in an offensive line coach who has a different way of doing things, which is going to see better productivity. Yeah. I mean, I believe that we also brought in the Auburn special teams coach um, to, you know, to be the assistant coach in the yeah. offensive line uh, sort of group. So the offensive line, I would like to say, is going to be resolved now going forward. I mean, I presume that I think Rick Dennison was the guy who got fired as the airline coach. You'd yeah. imagine that Christian Darasaw drafting him so high. I think they brought in a guard from Ohio State, Wyatt Davis, Mason yeah. Coles come from the Cardinals. So you'd imagine that they were the people he wanted. Yes. Which obviously is where it's getting a little bit tricky. Ultimately, you know, Christian Darasaw, Wyatt Davis, um, Mason Cole, all very, very smart, intelligent football players. And ultimately, you know, if you give them the assignment of the block, whether it's a steel block, it's a, it's a straightforward block, you name it, just to create a hole, I would have no doubt in my mind that they can perform the task that they are given. And was the fan base generally happy with it, with picking, taking oh, Darasaw in, in, in the draft? Yeah. yeah. Around the board, Darasaw was one of the names that was thrown out. It was one of the ones that I had on my list that I said to you um, way back at the draft. He was on my list. Penne Sewell, I think that went to you guys, um, yeah. was also one on my list. But I said, you know, we're going to have to trade up for, for Penne. Um, and there was a, uh, I think it was AVT. Th- yeah, AVT was another name that yeah. was also thrown out. And it was going to be one of those three. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe four that I had in my list. I'd have to pull it back up. I can't remember where I actually left it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, Darashaw is um, one of those sort of names that just, yeah, very, very excited to see what he can do. And ultimately, you know, going forward, looking at the tapes, the offensive line for the Vikings is sorted. But, I mean, Cousins is such a play-action guy. That's where his strength is. The O-line's got to be good. Yes. 
and that's the um, that's the side of it, obviously, which I'm excited to see. And if the old line, if the old line can hold, it opens up so many avenues for for Cousins to you know to do that boot, that play action. Mm-hmm. You know, he can stand in the pocket for a little bit more than a second and a half before there's someone in the backfield. You know, it, they get that push going forward to create the holes, to create the gaps that Dalvin Cook can burst through, that Alexander Madison can burst through going forward. It's going to be very, 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 very interesting. Um, <clears throat> we also brought in D.D. Westbrook from the Jacks yep. yep. um, as wide receiver three. I would, well, p- potentially being wide receiver three. Uh, I think obviously this season, as much as obviously you're going to go, did you honestly just say that? Um, I honestly think Justin Jefferson's wide receiver one mm, going, yeah. going into this season. I think Thielen has been knocked down a peg. He's wide receiver two playing, you know, the opposite side or the slot um, going forward, going off the productivity. And, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions and please if you're going to put this live tag justin jefferson mm-hmm. please tag justin jefferson in what i say now because i want him to hear this i personally don't think justin jefferson can develop and produce what he did last season this season okay i want him to prove me wrong mm-hmm. justin jefferson according to his twitter talks a very very big game he's come out and said all of the youth that doubt me are pushing me to prove you guys wrong. And he is going from strength to strength by his haters and the doubters. Yeah. Ultimately, that is a player that I want at the Vikings. I but, want someone to set records to do what Justin Jefferson did last year and go, you know what? You ain't seen up. You ain't seen everything. Do you, do you think that um, what happened in terms of where he was drafted is probably but a bit of a chip on his shoulder? Because I think oh, 100%. Was he, was he fourth, fifth receiver, I think. Fourth receiver off the board. Judy Ruggs and C.D. Lamb all got drafted ahead of him. And he outperformed them all. Yeah, and he came out and said, you know, I'm going to make make sure that all the teams that passed on me are going to regret what they missed. Yeah. The other thing I liked about the Vikings last year was how Thielen reacted to that. Because we all know that wide receivers can be a, a little fragile. But actually, Jefferson come in and, you know, having so many targets and, and making all those sort of catches... Thielen didn't like going silk. Thielen went out and, you know, did had a hell of a thing. season. I, yeah. I don't remember the game against the Cowboys. He made two of the best catches I saw all yeah. season. Absolute circus stuff. I mean, that's, that's the thing with Adam Thielen. And I think this is ultimately just goes to show the type of professional that Thielen is. Mm-hmm. Is that ultimately Thielen's a Minnesota boy, hat, like, you know, hand on heart. Yeah. I think if Thielen was to, you know, to get that chance to go elsewhere for more money, Thielen's like, you know what? Give me, give me half the money that you're paying me. If you're going to cut me, cut like you know, give me half my contract and a five-year deal mm-hmm. or a six-year deal. Give me a ten-year deal for two, the, you know, two hundred million or whatever it is. Give me a reasonable deal. As, as long as I'm comfortable, my wife's comfortable. I'm not bothered. I'm a Minnesotan. I want to play for the Vikings. Yeah, they complemented each other really, really well. And, you know, I mean, as a Vikings fan, it must have been great to watch last season. Oh, 100%. But ultimately, I think, you know, going going back to the same sort of um, the same statement is if you're a Minnesotan 
you know, if it goes for anything, if you're a Minnesotan, if you're a Detroit, Michigan living player, you know, if you're from Manchester, if you're from Liverpool, and your team is Manchester, it's Liverpool, it's Arsenal, Tottenham, you know, wherever. If you get the opportunity to play for Manchester United, to play for City, to play for the Vikings, to play for Detroit, your hometown, your club that you grew up supporting, you will need to get carted out of that place in a box before you leave to go anywhere else. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And I think that's what it is with Thielen. Ultimately, you know, he's going to go, yeah, I've not got the limelight. Some 19-year-old, 21-year-old kid is, you know, absolutely balling out. He's broke Randy Moss's rookie record. He's broke this. He's getting, you know, he's showing out ultimately. And that should be me. I'm 25, I'm 26, I'm 27. I'm almost pushing 30. <clears throat> and I'm getting shown up by some 22-year-old kid. Like, fuck that guy. You know, <laughs> you know the way that it, the way theoretically that it would be, because let's face it, you know, Harry Kane's not going to be very happy if some 19-year-old from the academy at Tottenham comes through and bangs in 36 goals next season. If he still if he still stays with Tottenham, Harry Kane's gonna short go. Who the fuck's this kid? That's twenty two. That's beaten my record, taken my goal tally, and knocked me out of the team. <clears throat> because ultimately, he's not really a Tottenham a Tottenham fan. Yeah, absolutely. He could be he could be wrong. But Theo's like, you know what? If he's winning football games, I'm winning football games. The Vikings are winning football games. We're getting closer to the Super Bowl, which we might fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> so. We talked about the, the positives on the offense. I'm, I'm going to have to bring the conversation around to a defense. Um, now, it wasn't the worst defense in the league, and it certainly wasn't as bad as the Lions defense before you say anything, because <laughs> our defense was absolutely fucking abysmal. Um, but, I mean, it was bad. I mean, you ranked, uh, PFF had you at 27th um, defense overall. Even Mike Zimmer himself described it as the worst defense he's had during his time at the Vikings. So I guess the big question is, you know, can can they turn that round? And obviously there's a lot of players coming back, a lot of free agency additions. Do you, do you kind of feel it coming together? I would like to say yes. But ultimately, I'm going to say one abbreviation now. And I hope to God that you guys watching, you know, and yourself picks it up, Steve. MFVA. FVA. Make football violent again. <laughs> All the changes that the commissioner has brought in to protect players has taken the fun out of playing defence. And, you know, you can't hit the quarterback the same, which, to be quite honest, as a defensive lineman, you want to kill them. Let's face it. If you line up as a defensive lion, defensive tackle... Aaron Rodgers is sat going, 22, 42, hut. Like, you want to rip his head off his shoulders. You know, you want to run into him and don't just go, don't want to get a rush, don't want to get a rough in the passer tackle. No, you know, take take him out of his knees and try and put them through his through his head. You so know, do, you, do you think you've got, um, I mean, so do you think you've got that type of player now in the defense? I mean, so do you think is Daniel Hunter, I mean, he's just had a... Um, like a neck in, like a really bad yeah, neck, neck contusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a herniated disc in his neck. Yeah. So he was at the year. Is he going to come <clears> back <throat> and be that that violent guy? To be quite honest, I think that's what needs to be instilled back in the Vi- in the Vikings um, locker room when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer had his best seasons when it came to the Teddy Bridgewater, when it came to um, Keenum, 
when unfortunately we did get blown out by the Eagles um, after the Minneapolis miracle. Mm-hmm. The Vikings played a f- aggressive football. You know, we played with a chip on our shoulder. Andrew Sendejo, as much as obviously you might go, is a dirty shit when it comes to being a, being a safety. But you know that if he's running at you, it's going to freaking hurt. You I know? wouldn't want to get hit by Harrison Smith. To be <laughs> I've seen him <laughs> no, make no. some... Yeah. But ultimately, I think, that's the, I think that's the issue. We play now, because of the rule changes, too soft. I think everything ultimately plays too soft. Yeah, there's some big hits that go in. Ultimately, it's bound to happen, you know, jumping in the air to catch a ball over the middle and 285-pound linebacker just hits you clean out of thin air. You know, you are going to see these big hits, but ultimately football is very, very soft as opposed to what it is in 2010. And, and I mean, without um, Daniel Hunter last season, the Vikings really didn't generate much pass rush. Do you, can no. you, I mean, bearing in mind Hunt, Hunter's coming back from that injury, Barr is coming back from injury, Kendricks... It, do you think that there's enough enough pressure from I, elsewhere? I, I do think so. Obviously, with um, Mike Mike Pierce and all the other additions that we've had to the defensive um, to the defensive line, because what we've got Patrick Peterson as a cornerback bringing some seriously needed veteran presence to that cornerback room. Um, I'm kind of happy about how we've played out with Daniel Hunter mm-hmm. in regards to his extension, because I, I believe that he was holding out because he wanted an extension. Uh, we seem to have done something. I think it's a one-year prove-it deal uh, sort of scenario, which, to be quite honest, I think is a good move all round. Well, I think he, I think he saw several other um, edge rushers get paid in it for other yeah. teams. I think we like TJ Watt. I think got a big deal, yeah. and so I, I think he was probably looking elsewhere and thinking, "He was. Where's my cash?" He was, but ultimately, I was looking at it from a more business standpoint, which is what I think the Vikings have looked at it from. You know, the guy's just taken the best part of a season out because of the herniated disc in his neck. He might not be the same player come next year. Mm-hmm. I would like to think he would because Daniel Hunter on his, on his fit tight, you know, in, in ultimate fitness and on his heyday is a fantastic edge rusher. Yeah. But if that herniated disc just takes, you know, an extra step out of him, takes that little bit of power out of him, he's not the same player that he was. He doesn't get the same performance. Ultimately, the Vikings can get better for cheaper. And and you've got um you've brought in Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. You brought yep. in Sheldon Richardson, who originally played for the Vikings and then went to the Browns and has had a good spell with the Browns. So you have beefed up that interior, yeah, a, a bit. It's, it's very very clever when you think about what the Vikings have done, um, in regards to the moves that we have made, um, the trades that we've made. You know, we've sent players to another team for a year, mm-hmm. and then they've gone, yeah, and then we've just gone and bought them back, and. Yep had a much, you know, shift, shifted the uh, the salary cap around. And we've actually, in my opinion, got probably one of the strongest defences going forward now into this season. And uh, providing, obviously, Mike Zimmer can light that fire in the defensive locker room, even though it's a combined locker room for all the players. If he can get in, if Mike Zimmer can get into and under the skin of all that defensive side of the ball, and just start clawing away at them and just say, you know, you're actually not as good as you think you are. And get get that chip on the shoulder that Jefferson plays in, plays with week in, week out, that fire, that determination. The Vikings are going to be something to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think um, you, you mentioned Patrick Peterson coming in. So, I mean, last year, because there was a bit like the Lions, we didn't, the Lions had no pass rush last season. 
And as a consequence, our secondary got absolutely torched. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of had the same. I think, um, you know, you had Gladney and Cameron Dansler, both rookies, both had a bit of a baptism of fire. Yeah. Patrick Peterson's coming in, you know, to kind of sort things out. But his PFA, PFF grade was like 55.2 last season. So is, is he got any juice left in the tank or? I think Patrick Peterson's going to get reborn under the Vikings. Uh, I think it was more the fact that where he initially came from at the Cardinals, he was just one of those types of players. He just, you know, he was getting a bit bummed out, a bit burnt out with the same shit, the same week in, week out of, I'm probably the best cornerback to play for the Arizona Cardinals and we're going nowhere. And he just gets a bit worked out. Whereas, you know, watching when they've been doing the OTAs prior, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson, when he turned up for the training, like, bits and pieces training going into the facility when COVID kind of released. Justin Jefferson literally pointed in Mm one-on-ones to Patrick Peterson went every time, every time. You know, Justin Jefferson singled out and called out Patrick Peterson for one-on-ones because Justin Jefferson's recognising Patrick Peterson as possibly one of the best cornerbacks in the team. Mm -hmm. And... You know, at the end of the day, I know that there's every chance that on a day, Patrick Peterson might very much not be the best cornerback on the team. The fact that Justin Jefferson's looking at Patrick Peterson and pointing him out and saying, you're the best one here. To me, says that Patrick Peterson has still got plenty to give. Looking at some of the, you know, the ball hawking, the swats, the plays that Justin Jefferson is making against Patrick Peterson, and it's 50-50. That's the thing. It's not every time Justin Jefferson's torching Patrick Peterson and he's got him by three, four, five steps. You know, Patrick Peterson has picked the ball clean out of the air on Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's taken two-step drop, you know, made him bite and then taken past him and got the ball over the top and just caught it on his his shoulder. It's, It's very much a case of, in my opinion, Justin Jefferson is making Patrick Peterson better. And, and, and I mean, and likewise, uh-huh. yeah. Pete, Peterson seems one of those guys who can come into a locker room and calm things down and, and put his arm around the kind of younger players. And I know, yeah. I mean, Gladney has got legal trouble and he could end up missing a, a chunk of the season. But I mean, Dansler was probably the better of the two last season, yeah. and he probably needs that kind of like older head to kind of give him a bit of support. I think that's ultimately what we brought Patrick Peterson in. It's just, and correct me if you don't agree here. I don't know what you saw from Everson Griffin at the Lions last year. Not a lot. Uh, not Ever- a fat Ever- lot. Everson Griffin at the Vikings, there's many, many team talks prior to the games, half-time, when they're in the locker room, stuff like that. Everson Griffin has got a way of hyping players up. The oh, team- he, he was full of hype with the Lions, but yeah. unfortunately, none of it translated to the field. But <laughs> that, Unfortunately, uh- you, need, you need the unit around him. Yeah, was that an Everson Griffin problem or a Matt Patricia problem? Anyway, who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> but then when it comes to Everson Griffin, he used to be able to hype players up prior to the game. And I'd be sat there watching it like a couple of days later, like, I'm ready to run through a wall. Never mind these players. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Like, you know, put, put three doors in front of me and let me put my helmet and pads on. I'm going to run through all three of them bitches. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm fired I, I up. Didn't, I didn't think the Viking World Order need, seemed to need firing up, but no. <laughs> Not at all, not at all. But I think that's what Patrick Peterson's going to do. I think that's the job that we've brought Patrick Peterson in. He's going to be, you know, not so much a captain. He's just going 
going to be that extra voice in the locker room that's going to rally the troops, rally, mm-hmm. so get people bit we, ready to rock and roll. We talked about offense. We've had a good chat about defense. Just a couple of other roster additions I just wanted to kind of get your views on. Yeah. So obviously, maybe one of the biggest departures was at tight end, Kyle Rudolph moving on. Um, what thoughts on that? And is Irv Smith ready to step up? Ultimately, I'm going to miss Rudy. I am going to miss Rudy. Um, I met Rudy when I was over in 2019. Yeah. And he was turning around and saying to me, you know, I'm, I was saying to him, honestly, you, like, you're underutilized. He made some great he, catches last season. He made. He, do, he a, does. I made an. I think he made like one of the catches of the season last season. Yeah, and ultimately, that I think that's the issue with Rudy and our tight ends. They are significantly underutilized, underutilized, uh-huh. and we don't use them to the potential that they probably should be. So with Gary Kubiak out, do you see that changing? Because I think his son Clint's come in. Oh, yeah. Um Ultimately, you know, from what I'm reading. Um, with what Thielen's saying, with what Kirk's saying, with what Kellen Mond is saying, um, and all those players that have used Gary's offensive playbook. Clint's got his own ideas. He's got his own ways of doing things. We might actually end up seeing more tight end plays, more tight end usage and utilization. Um, Because in the back end of last season, you know, I was seeing Tyler Conklin being mentioned a little bit more. You know, Irv Smith was being targeted a a few times more. Uh, Rudy was getting targeted a few times more because the players were developing. We were using the tight end sacks more than we would use in the wide receivers. Um, and, you know, if that's the case and Clint Kubiak has got, you know, a couple of tricks up his sleeve, which is going to bring in the likes of Irv Smith Jr. and Tyler Conklin and these sort of players, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what can be produced with those tight end shots. Yeah, I mean, so Irv Smith's coming into his third season. He only had 365 yards last season, but his last six games, he caught 19 passes for 216 yards and five TDs. So it was almost like they discovered him halfway through the season. Yeah, but that that again ties into, in the late, in the latter part of last season, we seemed to change the dynamic of how Gary wanted to play Um with the offense mm-hmm. and we started using more tight end related plays and shots which obviously got Irv Smith free Kyle Rudolph free Tyler Conklin free which is where oh that actually works and then we kept doing it and yeah. we, were, we were seeing production mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like the reason why as, ma- as much as I'm sad to see Rudy go the reason why Rudy probably did go yeah. is because he's he's not got a, as quick as a step, obviously due to his age as Irv Smith. He's got surefire hands, don't get me wrong. You know, you throw a ball up in that end zone and chances are Kyle Rudolph's coming around with it. But ultimately, his blocking on the line isn't up to the same sort of strength as Irv Smith. I think Irv Smith, providing obviously we utilise the tight ends as we should do, and as, as like, let's throw one out there, you know, Travis Kelsey, Jason Witten. If did, you say, end... did you say TJ Hawkinson? No, sadly not. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just CJ, saying... CJ, CJ, come on. As much, as much as I like Hawkinson as well, the two tight ends, which I think are the ones to model yourself on as a tight end, you know, Jason Witten, 
bless him, right? You know, he's retired, I believe now, or he's not, he's not being mentioned half as much. And Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. they are the tight ends which are utilized as a tight end, in my opinion, should be. They're always, always on the on the team sheet, always being mentioned. Whether it's you know some fantastic reception, a great touchdown, you know they found the way in the end zone, some way, shape, or form, they're always there. Irv Smith, yes, he can find the end zone. He just doesn't, you know. The target speaks for itself. Three years, and what was it last that he, that he got last year? Three hundred and sixty-five. But like I said, yeah. most of them in the last six games. Exactly. Now, if you were to pull the same stats for Travis Kelsey or, you know, TJ Hawkinson, going to be significantly more than three hundred and seventy yards. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they underutilized Hawkinson last year, but. Yeah, we, we're hoping significantly more than three seventy. No, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, and last one on the roster. Um, so in the third round, you took Kellen Mond um, as a backup QB. Yeah. Um, so Rick Spielman was very vocal. He said, you know, we've told Kirk, you know, we've told him that he's our guy. He doesn't need to worry. What What are your thoughts on that pick? You know, do you think this is like good forward management, future proofing by the Vikings? I, I think I think so. Um, significantly that Kellen Mond is a good pickup. Uh, I was very, very impressed watching his tapes, you know, watching um, when they arrived back in the facility some weeks ago now, Kellen Mond threw a good couple of dimes. But ultimately, I think whether you want to call it forward management, et cetera, et cetera, I don't know what you necessarily want to call it. The fact that we've got Nate Stanley and all the other players in the quarterback's room and the quarterback's office, if they were any good, we'd see more of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we ended up getting rid of Case Keenum. You know, he had that fantastic season for us with the Minneapolis Miracle. And he apparently, and then, you know, word came out that Case Keenum isn't a career quarterback anymore. And he wanted to go somewhere else for big money and Vikings were ultimately like, you were always going to be our backup. Yeah. Out to be the case, Case Keenum is now a career backup again. Going forward, I don't think he's a, he's gonna he's just he's a starter anywhere. Is he was he in Denver for a bit or he I was in remember. Denver, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Last I remember hearing of Keenum. Yeah. But then, but, you know, Nate Stanley, you don't hear much from him. Trevor Simeon, you don't hear much from him. You know, he he hit the field um, in a couple of preseason games some years back and he had one or two absolutely brilliant throws but other than that I'm like not really impressive I, I guess one of the frustrations is Kirk Cousins is one of those QBs that never gets injured I, no. I, I can't remember him ever missing significant game time the other interesting thing with um, Cousins is even when he was at Washington he's never had a season worse than seven and nine no so, so there has to be some even though he you know we know he can lose it at time I think there was I think he threw three interceptions against possibly the Falcons last year and the, you know he does have those games Could where he just, well be, yeah. just seems to lose the plot but you know the, he he also made some amazing throws last last season yeah when he was I hot mean, he was hot yeah I mean I will say this to you now Steve and I'm probably going to get crucified by you guys <laughs> right left in the center I know for a fact that there's going to be someone that watches this back and they go who's that knobhead that said this Who's that nubbed that said that? And I know for a fact, Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback if he can sort out his mental mental issues. The reason why Kirk Cousins has not won and probably will not 
win a Super Bowl is he gets too much inside his own head at the worst of times. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has got that winning mentality up there. You know, his back could be against the wall. And to quote Harvey from Shoots, if you've never watched it on Netflix, give it a watch. He said, when your back's against the wall, knock the fucking wall down. That's yeah. what that's what you know Patrick Mahomes will do. That's what Tom Brady will do. That's what Aaron Rodgers will do as much as I hate the guy. You know, all these Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, when their back's against the wall, they'll knock it down and carry on. Hmm. Kirk Cousins, when his back's against the wall, he gets stabbed, he gets mugged, he gets absolutely, you know, turned over. He gets prison showered and he's dropped the soap. That's what Kirk Cousins, that's what Kirk <laughs> Cousins gets. I, I think, I mean, to be fair to Cousins, I think he had a really rough three years in Washington. I think they yeah. treated him like shit. Um, you know, he got benched all the time when it uh, and blamed for a lot of the um, stuff that happened when it wasn't really his fault. So he was probably slightly damaged goods before he got to the Vikings. But yeah, you know, he's certainly not the worst quarterback in the in the NFL or even in the in division. But um, it, I think Kellen Mond could be a piece of the jigsaw if if Cousins doesn't work out and doesn't have the best season. Then I I think personally, Kellen Mond is good to go midway through this season. If Cousins is not doing the business, I think we could see Kellen Mond. If not, I'm honestly convinced that Kellermond from next season onwards, and when I say next season, that's not this upcoming one, that'll be yeah. 2023, is the quarterback to go. Okay, interesting. So we talked about the roster. Um, now I guess it's a, possibly, the, I think they're going to be the favourite bit of the show. Let's talk <laughs> about the rest of the NFC North. So where do you want to start? Let's, let's start in... <laughs> Well, we, we've got we've got to talk about it. I mean, you know, there are two other teams in the NFC North. I know, I know, but let, let's at least just ha, you know have a cursory discussion about them. So, let's talk about is that who's the other teams in the NFC North? Is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Bears and the Lions? Uh, yeah, yeah, so the Lions, the Vikings, the, the Bucks, and the Bears. Let, let's talk about the, the the Packers to start with. Ooh. I know, I know your favourite topic, do, CJ. Do we, do, do we have to? <laughs> So give me give me your thoughts on what is happening in Wisconsin at the moment. Is Rogers going to start under you know, under center week one? Has the rest I think of the team going to perform? Ultimately, Rogers is going to start week one, but I think this is possibly the last season we will see Aaron Rodgers in the North or in the whole NFL. I would I would think in the North. Um. You know, there's some slight part of me, and I, this is going to taste like vinegar, that really, really wants him to move to another NFC team. You know, Ooh, interesting. I, 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 I know for a fact that this rubs Packers fans the wrong way, but Brett Favre joining the Vikings in the fan in the fashion that he did. Granted, yes, obviously we got cheated out by the Saints in '09. But that move, you could just see Packers fans' heads fall off. And it was beautiful. <laughs> if Rod, if Cousins was to leave the Vikings next year because he gets traded for the final year of his contract, some team comes in for Cousins and wants him. If the money is right and Kellermond is not 100% ready to go, give Rodgers a one-year contract to the Vikings. Just to just to rub it up, Packers fans. 
just give him a one-year contract and watch him win the Super Bowl. I can't, I can't see him ever playing for another team in the NFC North. I, I'd maybe quite like to see him play for the Eagles because I think the fan base at the Eagles would absolutely rip him apart when he started doing his sulking, pouting bullshit. Yeah, <clears throat> I would get on board with that as well. But I'm going to throw this out there to you guys. If Rodgers was to come available and move in the NFC from the Packers, would you take... Right, if, I to, if I were to give you this ultimatum, as much as obviously you're going to feel sick, it's going to taste like vinegar, Steve. And I do like you and I regret saying this to you. <laughs> if you could pick Rodgers up for one year next season and he wins the Detroit Lions their first ever Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> this is this is sickening chat. This is this is <laughs> disgusting chat. This is but, I mean, you would, know, you t- would you take it? In the same way as I wouldn't want to ever see Luis Suarez playing for Man United. <laughs> I I would not see I I absolutely would not want Rodgers in a, there's there's plenty of other QBs in the you know, in the league for us. And I, I wouldn't want to see... Rogers is a narcissist and just talking about him is just feeding the ego. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to see him a, a nice cold, you know, four and 13 season at the Eagles is what Rogers deserves. Or yeah. get a get a Denver and be shit, you know, be <laughs> play with a shitty team in, in Denver, you know, but... but I, for, for me, if if I could build my ideal world... It would be get 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 Aaron Rodgers for one season on a you know on a decent deal but at the pa- Vikings. Then Packers fans Which, would just say you're only successful because of Rodgers. Yeah, but this would be the thing. I would personally make sure one of my, my friends sends a particular koozie. So when the Vikings win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, because let's face it, that's the way that it's going to probably the cookie will crumble. Aaron Rodgers gets the purple crush, sits there at the desk giving the MVP speech. And he just goes. <laughs> puts his beer down on the table and you're just like. Beautifully done. I, th- I think yeah. we, we all want to see the back of Rodgers because the Packers, have won the, the Packers have won the NFC North seven in the last 10 years. And it's just disgusting. So I will be glad to see the back of him. But I've yeah. got a nasty feeling he will be back for another season. Devontae Adams will be back for another season. I think we've got another... 17 games of them. Yeah. And I think that's, I think obviously, like you say, I think we've got another 17, 17 games of um, those two. Mm-hmm. But I think after that, I think we'll see the back of them. Mm-hmm. And I think Rogers is gone. I think Devontae Adams, if he doesn't get a decent deal, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's gone after this season. Absolutely. Yeah. Jadarius Smith, I think he's potentially want, wanting out. So it might, we might see the end of Jadarius Smith as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like, you know, there's something this fairly the tumultuous coming for, for, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I guess the question is, is, you know, who in the NFC North is going to be there to kind of capitalise? So, which brings me nicely to our friends in Chicago. CJ, what, what are your thoughts on the Chicago Bears that, you know, they, they've gone big in the draft they've traded it for a QB they've got Justin Fields um, you know 
they've also tweeted out that uh, Andy Dalton's their QB1, so that's going to be interesting. What, what are your thoughts on our friends in Chicago? Are they principal? Mm. <laughs> I think this season, providing obviously COVID doesn't restrict us, I think it could we could see Chicago Bears placing second in the division. Oh, that's a that's a revolting thought. Yeah, I think the Packers will get beaten out for third. Vikings, going off paper, will possibly win it because, in my opinion, the Vikings have got the strongest roster. As on, much as obviously, I, 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 I can one two three. I, I, are you saying that the Lions are going to finish bottom, CJ? You were let's doing so well. <laughs> let, let, let's face it, Steve. You guys live at the bottom. <laughs> well, well come on, you, you can have your say on the Lions in a minute. Let's just Chicago Bears. Let's try and talk about the Bears. Yeah. Really, um, you really, really think the Bears? The Bears I, were I, a bad last. The Bears were the worst team to get to the playoffs for a long time last season. They were terrible. I think with the additions that they've made, the Bears can do a similar push to that season when they brought in Khalil Mack for the first time. I think the Bears are going to repeat that sort of season this year. But I think what is going to be the reason why the Bears are going to be the second place team is I think they're going to be the ones that are not going to get hit the same with injuries mm-hmm. when it comes to players. I mean, you know, yeah, we can say that Devante Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to be back in Green Bay. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to try. But, but, the, but, the Bears are wanting success, ultimately. And so, I, think we'll, I think we'll see the Bears push this season. So let's just talk about some of the things that the Bears happened to the Bears during the off-season, right? They've got rid of... They've had to... They're so, so screwed with the salary cap. They've yep. had to get rid of Kyle Fuller, who's a two-time pro bowl cornerback. He got cut by the Bears to free up cap space. And in his place, they brought in Desmond Trufant, who has just had an utterly just pathetic season for the Lions. And that's the replacement. I mean, that does not seem a smart move to me. They've got Christian Jones, who is one of our worst linebackers in a linebacker room full of shit linebackers. He's now. Um, I think they've just signed. Um, who is the tight end that was used? All your, re- all your rejects. Yeah, I mean it's just a, <laughs> it's a bargain bin of shit. It, it is, but then I'm very much a Kate, I'm very much an advocate for players when they get a new light, a new leash of life going elsewhere always seem to show out for the first year. They might be completely back to their usual self come the end of next season. Mm-hmm. You know, starting the 2023, you go, Christ almighty, where would we get rid of him? And then he starts the first six games of 2023 and you go, that's where we got rid of him. Because, you know, the new team, the new coach, the new playbook, the new way of working things breathes that new fresh leash of life into them. And I think ultimately, you know, you're probably going to look at Trufant and go, don't know where he was last year, but he's certainly playing for them now. This is a Chicago Bears who were desperately trying to trade for Russell Wilson 
and we're shopping Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack around as potential, you know, like sort of, um, you know, trading collateral. I mean, how how are those boys going to feel knowing that they were like, sur- you know, surplus to requirements? It's, you know, that's, that's a headache for their back office to sort out, thankfully. But ultimately, ultimately, you know, it's um, it's the sad thing, it's the sad truth when it comes to the NFL. It's the not for long, and ultimately, it's a business. And regardless as to, you know, whether, you know, when it comes to the back office, they don't give a fuck about the players. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. To them, they're just a man that's responsible for doing his job when he gets called to. It, it it certainly feels like um for so Ryan Pace the GM and uh, Matt Nagy the coach it kind of feels like it's win or bust it kind of feels that those guys you know they've gone big on fields they've traded up you know it kind of feels if they don't if they don't win this season then those guys are out of there yeah which is why I think we'll see a resurgence of the Chicago Bears this year mm-hmm. and. Um, one sad note for the Bears, um, and this is someone that I'm, I'm sure you'll miss just as much as, as, as me, Mitchell J. Trubisky yep. has, has departed, um, which is definitely one of my favourite Bears. <laughs> how, how, how are your feelings on the, the departure of Trubisky? I'll certainly miss a couple of picks we get off him this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so then finally, we talked about the Packers, talked about oh, Bears. Let's, 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 let's chat about the lines you know i'm gonna i'm gonna call this section respectful banter yeah score pride uh, uh, score pride ultimately score pride any views on the lions what 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 do the what does the viking world order make of dan campbell i would have thought dan campbell would have gone down well with the viking world order oh yeah yeah very much so um you know would I've got a lot of respect for my Lions. I do. I've got a lot of respect for my Lions. And ultimately, as much as obviously I call you guys the Motor City Kitties and, you know, the Detroit the Detroit bottom dwellers, you, you name it, you know, all the, all the, all the hurtful ones. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving is my favourite time of the year because, let's face it, it's National Lions Lose Day. Um, all the... Even got beaten by the Texans last year. Last year. That was particularly yep. nice on national TV, getting carved up by the Texans. That was beautiful. Yep. Yeah, te- bit of Texas barbecue. Yeah, um, although it, it did it did get Matt, Matt Patricia sacked, so swings and roundabouts. It did, um, and you know I, I just love poking fun with you guys because you're the, you're the type of guys that you can just have the banter with, you can take it, and it's plenty it's plenty of fun um, with the Lions. And you know I can't say a bad word about you guys as much as obviously the ban- as far as the banter goes, I honestly can't say a bad word about you guys and. Honestly, you know, when that's why I put the Aaron Rodgers potential there to you. Um saying cool. 2022. 20, 20, yeah, as, as cruel as it was, because let's face it, as much as I want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl for my guys in Detroit, my guys in Michigan and all around the upper peninsula, the, the lower peninsula of Michigan, I want to see you guys win a Super Bowl. Much like I want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. You know? And I'd be just as happy for you guys if you win one before us. Because, you know, I've got a lot of respect for you Lions fans. And ultimately, like, you know, I would think, you know, the law of the Lions UK would feel the exact same way in regards to me and the Vikings. Yeah, we we don't want to see, I mean, we don't want to see Tampa Bay or 
you know, we don't want to see what well, we do. Obviously, the Packers, but we don't want to see like the kind of the usual, you know, three or four teams win the Super Bowl. Absolutely yeah. not. We would, you know, we would much rather see like one of the less. Uh, I mean, you know, the Patriots, or you know, it's it's like when you go into a sports shop in as the UK. As long as it's not the bloody Browns, I'm not bothered. <laughs> you know, when you go to a sports shop in the UK and you can only buy like a Patriots or a Raiders or a, yeah. you know, it's it's we want to see some of the. the we'd prefer to see one of the little teams, littler teams. Well, to be quite honest, speaking of um, Super Bowl era teams in like just the recent comments, have you heard about the latest from Patrick Mahomes coming out in like the last day or two? Uh, no, what's, what's Patrick, he been saying? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is refusing to go back into the training facility for OTAs and stuff prior to the upcoming season unless the team changes their name. Oh, wow. For all the, um, you know, the Native American, yeah. American and. Um, sort of, sort of talk. Well, he's come out and said that. I don't know how true, true, true it is, um, but it seemed to come from a very, very reliable source. Yeah, it's, I mean, still very motive. There's been loads of stuff on Twitter about the Cleveland Indians yeah. fans not happy about their name change and all that. So it's no. still a, a yeah. The the worst part about it is though, and one person made a very, very compelling argument, and I said this to Laura. She thinks to Patrick Mahomes' contract full stop for the ten years fifty. Uh, $505 million uh, deal that he got given, you know, some seasons back. She thinks it's absolutely obscene. And she's probably thinking, like, looking, like, she's probably in the lounge now going, fucking stupid. You know, probably just see her head just pop around the corner in a second to just, like, confirm that fact. <laughs> but m- money talks. Yeah. But then someone on Twitter, when that came out, posted as one of the connecting comments saying, why didn't he just raise that initial fact? Prior to signing this five hundred and five million pound deal, that, yeah. If it, if it if it bothered him that much, why didn't you just bring that into a clause in your contract? In terms of leverage, it's kind of you know. It, oh, hundred percent, absolutely. But what is it? Is it seventy five percent guaranteed of that contract or something like that? Eighty percent guaranteed for that contract. You're looking three hundred and eighty million if you were to get cut. Yeah, because it, of his because of his stance on this name, he's like even if they fire him, he's like he's made. Yeah, you don't need to play another game of, in the National Football League again. They're, they're not. They're not cutting my homes. They're changing oh, the name. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um. So, just to wrap up then, Sages, we talked about all the teams in the NFC North. Um. Give us your view on how the season's going to play out. Give us your prediction for the four NFC North teams' win-loss records. Ooh. Now I'm going to have to probably give you. Are you starting at the bottom? Well, <laughs> in terms of in terms of, um, I, I pop, well, I couldn't even give you the win loss records because there's so much playing into this season. Mm. It's so difficult to truly say. You know, the way the table is going to look, I would think, is going to be Lions at the bottom, Packers, Bears, Vikings win. That's that's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to see the Packers in the playoffs because if anything's going to get rid of Rodgers sooner rather than later, it will be the Packers coming third and missing the playoffs. Yeah. On paper, you know, the Vikings should win 12, 13 games, I would think, comfortably. I mean, we do have a very, very strong strength of schedule, um, which is going to make things very, very difficult. We've not got very, very many easy road games at all. Um, 
I'm not overly confident about the strength of schedule um, being kind to us. I think Obviously, the I think the over and under on the Vikings uh, um, from the betting companies at the moment is, is ten wins. Again, I can or, see that. Yeah, maybe ten, I think ten point five. I think that is yeah. at the moment. I mean, like I say, eleven is that sort of eleven twelve with a swing um, for the for the Vikings. But then again, you know, I don't want to put a lot of weight into it because ultimately, you know, of those wins that we may pick up, how many of those are going to account to COVID? How many yeah. games are going to get, you know, postponed? Potentially wins, losses awarded because of COVID? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's something that, that absolutely no one knows. So Exactly. So you, and that's what, that's, that's what basically making me being able to not, not truly give a, a win-loss record for the table. And, and so, so the, the Lions finished last season on five and eleven. Do you think we're going to be about that, bit above, bit below? I'd like to say the Lions finish eight and seven, just above halfway. I think you're going to do slightly better, but ultimately, you could find some of those wins in the eight and seven that I've just awarded. Um, you know, that sort of level come through COVID protocol. Yeah, I mean, we, we would hope to beat the Bears twice last season. We kind of beat the Bears twice last season, um, but DeAndre Swift dropped a pass in the end zone um, for the for the, for the the win. So we, we ended up one and one against them, but we would like to think we could beat the Bears twice. Um, I think we, you know, historically we've struggled against the Vikings and obviously, yeah, the Packers absolutely demolished us last season. But um, yeah, it, it, I mean, last season, only the Packers finished with a winning record. Bears were eight and eight. You were seven and nine. We were five and eleven. So, so do, you, so do you think that the NFC North is going to get better? I'd like to think the NFC North is going to be a lot more competitive this year. Yeah, but ultimately, it's how many players are going to be physically fit at the best of times to be that competitive. Mm-hmm. But that that's not just the NFC North where that appeals. You know, that's that's all around the league. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cool and 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 before we wrap up, any any message for the uh, the Viking World Order faithful? Where, do, do you want to uh, shout out anyone? Not so much shout out anyone in the Viking World Order faithful as such, um, but to the Vikings fans around the world, you know, to the Lions fans, to the Packers fans, um, the Bears, you know, any anyone that listens to the Roar of the Lions podcast, anyone that listens and reads the forums and joins in, you know, I'm going to say this because this takes me back to the Minneapolis miracle. You know, I was in a a group chat with all the Viking World Order boys and they turned it off. You know, they were turning off the game when the Vikings looked like it was lost, the game was gone. And I would say, keep the faith. Keep the faith, regardless, you know. Theoretically speaking, you need one second on that clock to score a touchdown. Until that final whistle blows and the referee goes back with the ball to say the game is over, you can still win. Keep the faith. Going forward, ultimately, you know, if the if the game looks as good as dead, chances are if you're down by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, with three minutes to go, there's every chance that you're not probably going to come back. If there's three minutes on the clock and you've got a chance of getting the ball back, keep the faith. It can happen. And trust me, if you keep the faith and it does happen, it feels a hell of a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. And it, that's exactly what happened to the Lions when uh, 
we were down against the Falcons and the, um, you, you know, the, the, the miracle happened in terms of the touchdown that should never have been scored when Todd Gurley lost his mind. Um, you know, it, it, it does. It, it's one, a game that just the surprises are kind of never, never stop. And in, um, yeah, we've seen some fantastic back and forth games um, last season. So hope, hopefully we can have an entertaining season um, without too much COVID bullshit. And, uh, no, and hopefully the Packers will um, fall apart spectacularly. But as of, the, oh, sure. as of tonight's news, I've got a feeling that he's going to be crawling back and it's going to be business as usual. But we can I only keep so. our fingers crossed. Indeed. And just to uh, shine up as well, I know you wanted to wrap this up as well, Steve. Uh, for those of you who are very, very big art collecting art fans um, and just wanting a few little bits and pieces, do go and check out Marcus Way um, at Painting Away. That's spelled painting, A-W-E-Y-H. He's a spray paint artist out of St. Cloud, Minnesota. A very, very talented individual. Uh, he had an art show this Saturday in St. Cloud. Not that means anything to us uh, here in the UK because uh, we couldn't actually attend and couldn't go. The guy could do absolute wonders when it comes to aerosols and, and art. Do go and check him out. Give him a follow. See if you can get a commission by him. Honestly, you will not regret it. I sadly do not have one, but I'm looking at potentially getting a couple of prints from him in the coming couple of months um, because he's absolutely fantastic. Just go and check him out. Um, if you do need, I'll send Steve the uh, credentials and stuff like that. I did actually send it you mm, over cool. the weekend. Yeah, no, I've got, got the details. Um, so you've got that. And also, I need to plug my guy, Oscar Toledo, um, who runs Bocadillos, B-O-C-A-D-I-L-L-O-S, who's an illustrator, £30, uh, sorry, $30 uh, for an illustration, and you get a absolute multitude of things to use on Snapchat, uh, WhatsApp, and some very, very good um illustrations i actually do have a plaque that my girlfriend got me i don't actually remember where it's placed at the minute could have been the process of moving um of all his four illustrations that he's done of me my grandfather who's late uh my grandmother and my dog cool so 100, 120 dollars all in for that obviously built in installments um on a little placard probably about that sort of size absolutely fantastic and you know do go and get yourself Get it, get it for the tailgate more than anything, because he's actually working with um, Tail Greeter, which is a tailgating community. And if you've already got a Bocadillo's or not got a Bocadillo's currently, you can get you can get one made and add it to the to the um, NFL tailgate that they're creating, and actually get a physical depiction of this big tailgate. And that's that's for VW World, that's for Vikings fans, Rams fans. You name it, all the fans across the league. It's not a mm -hmm. team individually. And for what it's worth, do go and get something done from about one of those guys or both if you can, because you will not regret the money that you spend. Cool. I'm sure we'll get you back uh, later in the season and no uh, we all. can explore CJ's I will... cave of Vi Viking memorabilia. <laughs> and I will certainly be eating my words more than likely. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. So, CJ, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much for no coming on. All, so, um, follow us, Royal Lions, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, I've been Steve Collins. Follow me at zero forty on Twitter. Um, thanks to CJ again. And um, yeah, football is coming soon. It's just around the corner. Back, baby. Let's go. Absolutely. Right. School pride. Fuck the Packers. <laughs> Fuck the Packers, indeed. <laughs> See you later, guys. Steve.